Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape. Featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Season 3 of Grow Your Brand, the SME Evolution Series. This season features my interviews with business experts from around the world live on LinkedIn. We talk about the challenges SMEs are currently facing and the strategies and tools we can implement to learn, evolve, and grow. I'm your host, Lauren Cress, the business scientist, And in this series, I'm on a mission to bring inspiration and innovation to business leaders and changemakers across the globe. If you'd like to get in touch with me about being a guest on my show, send me a message on LinkedIn. If you just lost like half of your clients, uh, you lost like a ton of revenue. Obviously, it's it's a shitty situation to be in. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are in that exact situation. Um, But like you said, the thing is, it's like you could sit there and be angry about it and be pissed off and have like kind of a victim mentality like why did this happen to me or you can channel that energy into being like okay who who would my next 10 dream clients be how can i go find a list of companies that look like that Uh, what can i do that's in my power to go and find the people who work at those companies that i need to be speaking to to like help me you know work with more companies like that so like obviously that's a process right because even when you do outbound like well, like the thing is that like, unless you're really, really good at it, you're going to have a pretty low success rate in terms of like, I think that industry average for like outbound email open rates is like somewhere between 30 and 40%. One of the last like industry things that I've seen. Um, Like if you get really good at it, you can write email campaigns that get like a 70, 75, 80, even 85% open rate. If your email list is good, uh, your messaging is good, your subject line is good. Uh, One thing that kind of I hear a lot is that like, especially like kind of more uh, seasoned, old school, experienced sales and marketing people, they're so hung up on the subject line. Whereas Mm -hmm. in reality, it's more like the preview text of the first sentence of your email, to be honest, is like way more important. Um, I've sent like one word subject lines and had people reply because the opening of the email is like really personalized. They can see in the preview that I've done some actual like research that can't be automated or can't be like scaled at super high volume. So like personalizing the start of your email really well. G'day everyone. Welcome to the second episode of season three of Grow Your Brand. The SME Evolution Series. I've got a fantastic guest lined up for you today, Liam Redman, who runs Optimize Outbound, amongst other things. He actually does a few different things. We'll let him talk to you about that in a second. Uh, but 
as you would have heard in that uh, snippet there, uh, we talk about some really important things for getting out there and increasing your sales, which I know is something that isn't just important for businesses in general, uh, but it's specifically really important right now. So really, really excited to share this episode with you. And if you find this episode useful, uh, don't forget to uh, give us a like or a rating or a review or wherever you see this, please do share it as well. It really helps to keep the show going. And if you want to find out about the ebook that Liam mentions, uh, which is amazing, I've read it, it's fantastic. It's called 100 Meetings a Month. He mentions it in the show and uh, there's a link to that as well in the show notes. So highly, highly recommend you checking that out. Uh, Awesome episode today and I hope you enjoy it. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Joining me today is Liam Redman. Now, Liam heads up, or he works in growth at uh, ClearBank, and he also runs his own consultancy at Optimize Outbound. So we're going to talk a little bit today about how to connect with people, how to reach out with people, specifically on LinkedIn using data-driven insights. Liam, I'll get you to just start off by introducing yourself a little bit telling us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, basically, um, I used to work in a company that specialized in outbound prospecting. It's actually how you and me connected, Lauren. Um, they were focusing on highly personalized outbound email and LinkedIn outreach. Um, I was a BDR and then like a kind of BDR manager there. I got really, really good at reaching out to people over LinkedIn and kind of have just kept refining and you know getting better and better at this form of outreach uh since then have been doing it for about two years now um now i work at clearbank and do a lot of growth related to their outbound process uh over email and linkedin um and as you mentioned i kind of have my own side hustle thing uh where i'm helping other companies you know figure out their outbound process over email and linkedin so let's talk a little bit about outbound. Like for people who don't know what outbound means, can you just give yeah. like a sort of quick uh, overview of what that involves? Uh, yeah, totally. So it's any time that you're reaching out to somebody else. So obviously like there's inbound and then there's outbound. So inbound is like your Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads, whatever it may be. And outbound is any time you're going out and reaching out to somebody. So whether it be email, whether it be cold calling them, whether it be sending them a message on LinkedIn, anytime you're going out to the market and getting someone. So for people like, you know, in the context of the health crisis right now, uh, a lot of people are going through a difficult time, whether they are working for someone else, whether they are in their own uh, business, losing clients. Uh, What do you think the role is of the things that you've learned in outbound marketing for that people can apply to themselves at the moment. Yeah, totally. So like it's it's a great point that you mentioned that a lot of people are struggling right now because like it's it's almost like one of the first things to go is when like the market is contracting or going into a recession. It's like people actually pull back from their their like outbound efforts and they stop investing in sales and marketing. Um when in reality it's kind of like it should be the opposite. Like if you're losing clients, you're going to have to and there's nothing you can do to retain them due to like whatever is happening in the market, like a healthcare crisis. You're, you know, you're, if you want to replace those clients, you're going to have to find them from somewhere. So for some businesses, it may make sense to start running inbound marketing. 
Um, the problem with that is like you're kind of always playing at the mercy of like Facebook or Google. And right now, Facebook has actually like some of the lowest uh, consumer acquisition costs like it has ever had. So inbound is actually like not a bad channel right now. But the thing is, is like it costs money regardless. So you're always going to be paying for the amount of kind of like return that you're getting. Whereas with outbound, you can have a very cheap, you know, minimal viable product. That's like, it's honestly just like how hard you work is a lot to do with the, the results that you'll get. So you can go find a target list of companies that, you know, would be a good ideal client for you. There's a lot of free email tools that you can go and find the emails of like the decision makers and founder, CEO, whatever at those companies that you want to reach out to. Um, and like, you know, you can just send them emails from Gmail for free. There's obviously a lot of cool tools and uh, software out there that can make everything a lot easier. But like, really, you can get a lot from just kind of like blood, sweat, tears and elbow grease as far as outbound goes. Like you can really like, even in my own kind of side hustle, like I wasn't investing in technology. The first thing I did, like I, I wanted to keep costs super low. So obviously kind of I have a good understanding of how to build lists and how to reach out to people. So like I didn't spend a dollar to get like my first 10, 20, 50 meetings, whatever. I just reached out to people kind of using the skills that I know. Yeah, it's a really good point. It's actually one of been one of my focus points as well in the in the brand growth space in terms of content marketing. I'm like your your content marketing efforts actually don't need to cost you anything. Like we know that SEO for instance is the most important way to get inbound, uh, which is technically free. There, yeah, there's a bit of learning involved, uh, but there's there's a lot of free things we can do as well. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Matthew Payne as well for saying um, great content if you're still here. Thank you. And also, if you're watching this live, you can ask Liam questions as well. You don't have to rely on me. So feel free to, I know how to work the comments now, so feel free to type your comments uh, in and I'll ask Liam on your behalf. Uh, but I think the point you make about sort of just applying a bit of elbow grease uh, and, and just reaching out to people yourself is such a good one, especially when a lot of people are probably, I mean, people are in different positions, but I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I'm actually quite bored and I feel like there's nothing I can do. So there's all this stress, but there's also kind of like, you know, you're sitting there going, well, what do I do? How can people, I guess, channel some of that that frustration or that energy into being productive with their, their outbound? Yeah, totally. So it's, it's almost like, yeah, if you just lost like half of your clients, uh, you lost like a ton of revenue. Obviously, it's a, it's a shitty situation to be in. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are in that exact situation. Um, but like you said, the thing is, it's like you could sit there and be angry about it and be pissed off and have like kind of a victim mentality like why did this happen to me or you can channel that energy into being like okay who who would my next 10 dream clients be how can i go find a list of companies that look like that uh what can i do that's in my power to go and find the people who work at those companies that i need to be speaking to to like help me you know work with more companies like that so like obviously that's a process right because even when you do outbound like well, like the thing is that like, unless you're really, really good at it, you're going to have a pretty low success rate in terms of like, I think the industry average for like 
outbound email open rates is like somewhere between 30 and 40%. One of the last like industry things that I've seen. Um, like if you get really good at it, you can write email campaigns that get like a 70, 75, 80, even 85% open rate. If your email list is good, uh, your messaging is good, your subject line is good. Uh, one thing that kind of I hear a lot is that like, especially like kind of more uh, seasoned, old school, experienced sales and marketing people, they're so hung up on the subject line. Whereas mm -hmm. in reality, it's more like the preview text of the first sentence of your email, to be honest, is like way more important. Um, I've sent like one word subject lines and had people reply because the opening of the email is like really personalized. They can see in the preview that I've done some actual like research that can't be automated or can't be like scaled at super high volume. So like personalizing the start of your email really well. Yeah. I got a question um, from Matthew while you were talking, by the way, which I think is great. It's like when you re reach out to people and you get no reply, how or when do you follow up? It's a great question. Um, I actually like talked about this a little bit last week with uh, a, one of my friends on another podcast, but like really I used to always view it as like you can follow up with people typically like at the start of an email cadence. It can be like maybe you send an email on day one, then another email on day three, four, then another email on day seven, eight. And then like the gap should be kind of between your last email and your more recent email should be getting a little bit longer every single time because you don't want to be pestering people. You know what I mean? You don't want to be emailing them like every single day, like, hey, just following up. Hey, what did you think about last email? All this sort of stuff. Um, but like one thing you can do to like make following up more regularly or more kind of aggressively, I guess you could call it, or assertively, is to spread out the channels that you're doing it on. So like you could be following up on email and then if they don't respond you could follow up on linkedin um and then kind of spread out the different touch points that you're connecting with someone on uh you could you know give them a, a call on the phone if you have their phone number uh, and another thing to like always keep in mind with following up with people is you know you should be acknowledging the situation that okay maybe they didn't respond to my previous email kind of like ask yourself why is that what in the content of my previous email did they not find interesting and just kind of, you know, kill that elephant in the room and be like, look, I get it. You're totally busy. Have a lot of other things going on. Like the world is ending and all that kind of stuff. But here's some additional information that I actually didn't share in my previous email. Kind of X, Y, and Z. Like I thought this might be interesting and would love to hear your thoughts. So this could be like a case study, an additional problem that you think they might be going through. Uh, it could be like if I was reaching out to you, for example, Lauren, Hey, Lauren, I'm actually working with a lot of other content consultancies. Um, they're telling me in the last two or three weeks that they're facing problem X, Y, and Z. Every business is different. So I just wanted to follow up and ask you, are you facing any of these problems? And if so, how are you dealing with them? And then it's kind of like, I'm not just trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to ask, you know, what's going on and get like a pulse check on, you know, how's your business responding to what's going on in the market? And I'm also like inviting myself back into the conversation with like a real value add. Like I'm really trying to understand what's happening. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. But first, a quick message from our sponsors, the Changemakers Collective. The Changemakers Collective is a science-led consultancy passionate about supporting SMEs who are changing the world for the better. 
They work with clients who require flexible marketing solutions for sustainable growth by providing consulting, training, project management, and specialist recruitment services to help businesses, B Corps, and nonprofits get more customers, grow brand equity, and increase market share. To find out more, visit thechangemakerscollective.com.au. And now, back to the show. Mm, that's such a great example. It's really great to get like a, you know, a concrete, like this is what you can say. Because it's like when we're talking about it, sort of like personalize, it can mean so many different things. That's such a great example. And I love the idea of asking a question to invite yourself back in as well. Um, I was just thinking, you know, I know that we talked a little, I, I, when I introduced this, I said, you know, this is very data driven. So can you explain a little bit about why you're recommending these? Now at Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, you can't see me, but know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Things like what sort of data have you been looking at to work out how to best optimize your, your outbound marketing efforts? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, so like, kind of like I mentioned at the start, the company I used to work at before, Growth Genius, like I just saw the data from like over like 100 clients, their outbound email on LinkedIn. So the thing is with email, it's very easy to track. You can see like your open rates on a specific email step and your reply rates on another, like on the same email step. So you have two very objective metrics that you can kind of measure if your replies are not high compared to email one. Like obviously it's a funnel, right? So as you go down like email two, three, four, five, six, you should expect less replies. However, that's not to say that you can't maintain a decent reply rate at each step in the email cadence if it's a high quality email, if it's personalized, if it's relevant to the prospect. Um, the thing about LinkedIn is that it's actually a closed API. So there's not a whole lot of tracking you can do in terms of data from what you're collecting on LinkedIn. But what I can tell you from like anecdotal experience running LinkedIn campaigns for like these hundred or so clients is that like you can always expect to get the most replies from the first follow-up message. It's kind of like your first impression. So I wouldn't really judge like a connection request, for example, as like the all the replies you're going to get in the world. So the reason for that is that like a lot of people will just accept whoever. Some people will actually like go in and read messages and connection requests. But like it's just not very consistent across the board. However, the thing is once you actually send someone a follow-up message when they connect with you on LinkedIn, you can tell if they've read the message or not. So I would often think of like your follow-up message with somebody is the equivalent to like your email one where you're going to get the bulk of your replies. And then after that, if you're following up with someone like four to five days later, I would kind of, like we said already, be changing the angle of your follow-up and then you can expect to get a pretty similar amount of replies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it made me think as well, do you think there's value in... Uh, following up via email as well as messages. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, like, we often see all the time, like, people will respond, uh, like, 
oh, I'm interested. Like even some of the companies I work with on the side or like even people who express interest in a meeting with me, they'll be super interested. And they'll say, oh, this sounds interesting. Uh, tell me more or let's set up a time. Let's set up a call. And then I'll reply to them, giving them like a, you know, one or two options for scheduling a call. And then I'll never hear back from them. So I just follow up two or three days later and just be like, uh, hey, Lauren, assume something came up and my email went to the bottom of your inbox. Uh, wanted to, you know, get some time back on your calendar. How does time one or time two sound on day X or day Y? And a lot of times people will be like, oh, so sorry, I forgot to reply to this. Uh, something just came up. The office was putting out a fire. I love to schedule a time for, you know, this day. And oftentimes it's like people get distracted, right? People have a lot of things going on. They do have a lot of other priorities than scheduling a meeting with me or scheduling a meeting with whoever's reaching out to them. So, you know, just staying like really on top of people, like, you know, this saying like a bird in hand is like more valuable than whatever it is. Like, I actually don't know the end of that expression. <laughs> what to the bush, I think it is, isn't it? But they have what to the bush. But like, as soon as somebody replies to you once, I would say the the chance of them replying to you again goes up exponentially and people yeah. will just get busy and genuinely have other things going on. But like if you follow up with them two or three more times, like you're either going to get them to be like, you know what, I'm actually not interested or they will actually schedule a time. I want to ask you one more question and follow up to that. And then I want to ask you also about for people who, because we've been focused a little bit more on probably what's relevant for small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, startups, that kind of thing. I want to ask you about for people who are looking, you know, who are job seekers at the moment as well. But just before we do that, um, it sounds like there's also a quality quantity thing to balance here because a lot of the time what I see is people go like, I'm going to hit 50 people a day. It's automated. It's, you know, not personalized. It's just like, look, we'll hit as many people as we can and see who comes back. And then some people go like extreme personalized where it's a lot of work to send a message. So what do you think the balance is there? What, what have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great question and I'm going to say it completely depends on your goals. So for example, um, in my own like side business, I'm only one guy, right? <laughs> At the moment, like it's me, I'm working with a few friends, but like there is like a finite amount of people that I can actually service. Like there is no point in me sending 50 emails a day, seven days a week, uh, because I would literally just get more clients than I would actually be able to service. Yeah. Uh, like I think as soon as I had my domain actually set up for outbound email on day one, I sent like 25 emails and I actually haven't like been able to service like all of the replies that I got on the first day. So I would say that it completely depends on your goals. Whereas I've worked with other companies in the past where they have a large team and very aggressive goals and sending 50 emails a day isn't enough for them. So mm -hmm. it kind of really depends on how many people are opening to begin with, how many people are replying, and then of those replies, how many are actually responding positively and expressing intent to book a meeting. So it's like every different business has their own sliding scale of like where is the fine line and balance between quality versus quantity. You don't want to send so much quantity that you know, you're putting your email domain at risk, uh, that you're sending too low of a quality of message so that people aren't actually interested or replying. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to be sending so few messages, like five emails a day, that 
based on, you know, kind of industry averages, outbound funnel metric, you know, kind of numbers, like you don't be sending so few that like you literally are cutting off your chances of getting as many clients as you want. So typically the way that I would look at this when somebody comes to me and says, oh, I want to land 10 clients. I'm like, okay, great. What are your typical outbound funnel metrics right now? For every 100 people you reach out to, what percentage of people open your emails, reply to your emails, go to a meeting, and actually become a closed deal? And I'm often surprised at how few people actually know what these numbers are. Yeah. So that, that's like the first step. Like establish a good baseline for where your outbound funnel metrics actually are. And from there, you can kind of reverse engineer how many people you need to be reaching out to, how many emails you should be sending, um, how big does your list need to be, how many sales reps do you have, things like that. So I think, you know, it's kind of like a very long-winded answer, but like the answer to any good question really is like, it depends. It depends. <laughs> no, it means, it means it's trustworthy advice, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of people will say like, oh, you need to send 10,000 emails a day or whatever, but like then you just question the efficacy of the, you know, what you're actually sending. And then if people are like, I can land you all your dream clients in the world for sending one email a day, it's like, fuck, I guess I need to be doing what that guy's doing. You know what I mean? It's somewhere in between. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay, so now for, for job seekers, for people who are looking to network, um, maybe their, their business is also just not in a position where they can sell at the moment. Um, for them, there is still a point to outbound, you think? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it really kind of depends on the desired outcome of what your outbound is. So like you said, like, the the call to action of your outbound email campaign can be a lot of different things. It could be let's schedule some time to book a meeting so that, like, obviously, the desired outcome in that scenario is like, to like, sell something to a person. However, it could genuinely be that, like, you can't sell right now for whatever reason. And you're just trying to have a conversation to like establish a relationship so that when things do normalize, you know, down the line that you may work together or it could just be like, it could genuinely just be like your call to action is a networking call right now. Maybe you need to understand how you can like potentially pivot and change your offering to what's actually worthwhile for your prospects to get on the phone with you about, because like, I think this whole COVID thing is affecting a lot of people very differently. So I think you probably need to divide like your prospects into like the ones that are actually like could do business now, the ones that kind of have things on pause, and then the ones who are like completely like stopped or the ones that are ready to buy. You know, there's a lot of different possible segments. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, I was thinking about this today as well, like just in my own business, like yeah, the, the 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 mix I'm seeing in the market is like people who really need support quickly um, because they're very busy and people who are like, uh, like I just need someone to talk to and I have no fun funding for the next few months, you know, and it's, it is a real, it's, it's such a quick shift and it is hard to anticipate. And that's almost where for me, like speaking from personal experience, having all of these conversations has been so helpful to just yeah. catch up on, on where things are at, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So so with the, sorry, my my cat's here and she's biting yeah. me as we're talking. 
I'm not, I'm not a big cat person. I'm more of a dog guy. Uh, I, I, I've got an apartment, so I can't have a dog, unfortunately. I'd love to have a dog. But I don't know if uh, my cat would be too happy about that. <laughs> so um, just to, to finish up, because we'll have to wrap up soon, but just going back to, yeah, people who are sort of exploring career opportunities at the moment and things like that, you know, you said look for the people to talk to uh, who are the right people to connect with. Uh, just for people who are completely new to, you know, maybe they've been in a job for five or ten years, they haven't needed to really jump. <laughs> Stop biting me, Mia. They haven't needed to really, you know, jump out uh, into the market and, uh, you know, you know, talk to people uh, who are who are in different businesses. Maybe it's been intimidating. Are there a couple of like small steps you'd suggest they start sort of taking to to do that? Uh, any any advice there? Yeah, totally. So I think like LinkedIn is actually built extremely well as a networking platform as it should be. Uh, so like one of the benefits is that like, you know, you can search by job, by industry, by location. It has a pretty like robust like job search function. Um, and one of the really good features is that it'll often list the, the recruiter that's attached to that job post. So, you know, what a lot of people will probably do is just like apply for that job maybe send a cover letter and that's it. But mm -hmm. in reality, if you want to stand out from the crowd and kind of like really like show that you have like a lot of interest and a lot of intent for, you know, getting this job, I would be reaching out to the recruiter directly, uh, the kind of managing director for whatever department you're looking for a job in and just be like, hey, would I just applied for X role. Uh, I see you manage uh, sales or marketing at company Y. Uh, I would love to connect over a virtual coffee and just pick your brain on a few things, blah, 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 blah. And like that, that alone just like shows that you are way more interested than 99% of the people who are applying for that job just by going that extra step. And like, if you personalize it based on the person you're reaching out to, uh, by kind of picking things from their LinkedIn bio or picking specific things about why that company interests you from their website, like, there's a lot of ways you can really like separate yourself from everybody else who's applying. And obviously there's like quite a few people who are applying for jobs right now. So I feel like everybody could really use like every edge they can get and reaching out directly to people over LinkedIn through a well-personalized connection request, I feel is like, you know, it can make a world of difference. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really great advice, Liam. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Joe. It's been absolutely yeah. fascinating. I feel like we could keep talking for a really long time actually. <laughs> For, for people who want to find out more about what you're doing, I know that you have a couple of resources that you've put together. Um, yeah. We'll share them in the comments, but maybe if you can just talk a little bit through sort of the the other, uh, you know, if, if people want to dig into this a little bit more, some of the things you've put together. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, I recently released, like, an ebook on, like, very, like, granular, detailed play-by-play -play of how you should be reaching out to people on LinkedIn, how often you should be following up, uh, how to kind of vary the different types of follow-up. And this is like, it's like 80 pages of like how to build, you know, a list of the ideal people you want to reach out to, how to segment it by vertical job title industry, the things like to be thinking about like, okay, if they're in sales, they probably care about this. I should personalize about that. Mm -hmm. If they're in, you know, if they're in marketing, they probably care more about this and I should personalize to that. So it's a really granular breakdown play-by-play of exactly how to reach out to people 
to get like really high connection request acceptance rates, how you should be following up, how often you should be following up, what to do if they don't reply. Um, and it's backed by like a lot of different theory that I've kind of compiled over the years of like really good books that I've read on this topic. So like, you know, if you're really interested in getting in the weeds and getting a lot out of this, like I've seen like people who've never done sales before implement a lot of these techniques and like start booking like 20, 25, 30 meetings in their first month of being in sales. Um, and then like I've helped like a bunch of my friends get jobs already. I love it. I'm definitely going to get a copy of that ebook, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's got, it's got pretty good reviews so far. That's great. Well, Liam, thanks again. If people want to find out more about you, I'm guessing the best way to do it is on LinkedIn. Oh, hundred percent. Now you have been set a precedent that like, I'm going to be judging everybody's connection requests diligently. So if you mention this LinkedIn live, you know, I'm going to be looking for that from everybody who's, who's watching this. Love it, Liam. Thanks so much again. And uh, I shall, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. See you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you haven't already subscribed to this show, make sure you do so you can keep up to date with all our latest episodes. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. It really, really helps to keep the show going. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go. Oh.